welcome everyone to episode 52 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that's been checking out the show over the last couple of, uh, about the last year here. Uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone that's seen it and to anybody that's subscribed and has been staying with us. We appreciate that. Um, this week, we're going to be talking to Sebastian Monroe, the creator of Manic Archers. Now, we found Manic Archers through a Facebook group, and this game just looks insane. Like, it's super action-packed, super fun. Um, and Manic Archers, it's like an action-packed, top-down archery game that takes a lot of inspiration from games like Zelda and Final Fantasy. Um, so it's got that retro vibe, pixel art. Um, I guess now let's talk to Sebastian about Manic Archers. Sebastian, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, so, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, how is uh, everything over in Germany today? <laughs> pretty good weather right now, but usually it's it's pretty shitty in Germany. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it's not a, the greatest country from weather side and everything else, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. Quite industrial. Well, I mean, you're making games, so. You yes. can't really be mad about being able to do <laughs> that. Fun of the world I, I can do, yes, but um, yes. All right. Well, let's just go kind of first into who Sebastian is. Sebastian, what do you do and kind of how did you get into developing games? So basically, I wanted to be an artist as a child already, and I wanted to study art. And my parents said, no, that's not what you do for work and what you do for money. And so I studied computer science. So I got my diploma degree in computer science way back. And uh, then I was always interested into developing games, of course, because I liked computers a little bit, at least, for the studies. And then um, I thought about getting my own development done and my own games done. And I started already with... Uh, a Quake mod, Quake, the first Quake from its software was um, my first endeavors into uh, ego shooters. And that's where I started uh, doing a mod. And then a few years back, after my diploma degree in computer science, I decided to continue working on games and doing my own games, my completely own games, not just modding. And so I went into um, iPhone app programming. And that's where I started Manic Archers, actually. It was quite a different version, and it's not in the App Store anymore because you have to pay for uh, being continued, and it is not very lucrative right now if you don't do all the app advertisements in the app and so on. And so uh, I stopped paying for Apple, and uh, I started getting interested in um, Unity, and uh, I wanted to do something in Unity. I didn't know what. So I thought about the most simple game I could imagine. And it was like um, reminding me of um, an old Atari game. I was playing, playing a game in my childhood with my best friend, like with the age of six or seven. And it was just two spaceships on a screen with a few clouds above it. And so you could hide be below the clouds and you could uh, navigate the ships and shoot each other. And that was pretty much the most fun game at that time uh, I ever played. And I thought something like that, very simple, very to the core of gaming, very gameplay oriented. And so I um, yeah, 
I developed something like Manic Archers from the iPhone to the, to the Unity uh, developing environment. And yeah, what came out was a top-down sort of archer spaceship shooting each other. Yeah, that's pretty much the main idea. So it should be very simple. It should be arcade-oriented. So I, I had a lot of inspiration, of course, by top-down top godfathers like uh, Zelda and Final Fantasy. But also um, there was inspiration by uh, very many arcade games. I like always like to play arcade games, also in the arcade centers. Back then, I was pretty much... A lot of times in London, spending time in the six-story biggest arcade center that was there at the time. It's not there anymore, I think. But basically, that's the inspiration for Manic Archers. So a lot of simple gameplay packed into re retro feeling with pixel art. And uh, yeah, everything is full of explosions and uh, funny pixel effects and a little bit inspired by um, Street Fighter and such arcade games or Marvel vs. Capcom more or less or something like that. Yeah, that's the basic story so far. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing tons of inspiration from all these classic <laughs> arcade games like you're talking yeah. about. And I mean, the, obviously the legends like Final Fantasy and Zelda. Um, as an individual developer, for any developers that are either interested in developing or are already developing, how did you go about tackling this by yourself you did all the coding all the art all the animations you did everything individually how did you start that process like did you start with coding and then you kind of made the gameplay or did you start on the art side and like have the image before you started the coding yes uh, i usually do everything at once so i start it's the same with making music i did make music and i always was criticized for not uh sketching out the melody first but also making the sound at the same time so i'm developing everything at once which is a bit hard so i, I um, went back to to using some assets and modified them per hand so so basically the archers are an asset i, I bought to get started and then i thought this would be better than a few pixels here a few pixels there and um, so i used some assets to get started and then built up from there and um, I started with the basic idea. So just a screen, two sprites, and you can move it. And then I went on from there. Then shooting, then different arrows, different uh, movement types like dashing and so on. Uh, so it builds up from the basic idea. And the basic idea is pretty fast developed in this case. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the way the game looks. I like the way the game moves. Um, it okay. seems... I don't know if you ever played it. I think it was on like uh, E-Bombs World or whatever, but did you ever play the game called Playing with Fire? No. <laughs> so this no. this kind of reminds me a little bit of like that. It's you you kind of run around this area where there are boxes and you drop bombs and the bombs like go kind of in a cross section um, from where yeah. you place it and it slowly clears the board until like your bomb blows up the entire board. It's last man standing kind of same vibe, uh, but that immediately brought me back to my childhood with with a game like that. Um, I guess my next question for you with development um, is going to be just give us more depth on the game. Like, what is the game about? What are the power-ups in the game? Um, what are the game modes, maps, kind of things like that? Just tell the listeners more about the the game itself. 
So yeah, we get simple deathmatch uh, like um, each Peter, uh, each player. Uh, so up to four players shoot each other, and the last one who wins the round—not really wins the round. There could be someone else shooting two, and the last one shooting one other. So it's points based, uh, so um, frag based, or how many uh, archers you got in the end. Then we got uh, <laughs> my favorite mode, maybe. Capture the fool with the chicken. So you you got the chicken on the map, and then all players run after the chicken, and uh, the one who gets the chicken actually gets points for having the chicken. And so everyone wants to get the chicken. You can dash the player with the chicken and get the chicken, and then run away, or you can shoot him. And uh, it's just about getting the chicken and keeping the chicken. So it's run and hide all the time. And uh, of course, for the others, it's. Uh, shooting all the time and running after the one. Then there's King of the Hill. Is that a pretty simple, like a territory-based uh, mode? Um, you have to know that it all takes place on one screen. So it's very, very complex gameplay, but it's just one screen and it's very, at the same time, very simple, but at the same time, <laughs> you lose sight of everything. Yeah, so... There's was just uh, there's just one point in the middle of the map for for King of the Hill. You might know it from other uh, games already. So you just have to stay in that middle and uh, keep the, your ground, and you have to stay there alone. So if there's two players in the same spot, then it doesn't work. And yeah, then there's team play for all those uh, for versus mode for for deathmatch and for King of the Hill. So that's a, an additional depth that can be added there. And it's pretty fun. It's, it's really fun to have two against two, for example. Yes, that's pretty much the game modes up to now. Uh, I plan to maybe do something like capture the flag, like several uh, flags on the map, and then the more flags you have, the more points you get. Could be also for team play, but it's very complex already for one screen, which doesn't change uh, during the game. So yeah, that's the basic modes. Then there's co-op mode, but it's basically just survival. There's there's only a horde of enemies coming and it's getting more and more and more. And uh, yeah, you can you can just uh, survive as long as you can uh, as you as you as your skills uh, enable you to. But it's not very good for single player or something. It's fun in co-op, but it's not as fun as the uh, versus modes basically. So yeah, I could go into uh, describing the power-ups now, but I just wanted to make power-ups to, to, to sum it up. I just wanted to make power-ups that are really different, really different from each other, that really each power-up does something unique. It's not like this is just more powerful and this is more powerful and this is even more powerful, but it's just each power-up does something very special and it's not paralleled by any other power-up. So it's very different. Some does radio damage, radius damage very big. Some do just, uh, yeah, it's just different arrow types. Then there's uh, overall effects like uh, an asteroid shower or something and uh, very, very different uh, effects, but all pretty much game-changing. If you got the right power-ups to the, to the right at the right time, you you might win the round, but then the other ones get power ups as well, so they might win the round after you thought, "Whoa, I win the round." 
but it's not uh, an over as there, there are no really overpowered pops like you get one pop and then everything blows up and you you're the winner so you have to have some skill at least <laughs> to win that's, that's always the, the 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 point here it's not one power up gives it all or one power up is uh somehow um not really getting you anywhere so it's all there for uh, a reason pretty much <laughs> very recent power-ups i think so far gotcha um so i guess one question that i have after hearing you talk about the game is how yeah. does it work do you have like is it an hp pool do you is it like one you get hit by one arrow you die how, how does that work yeah, it's uh, it's one area you die. This this is the principle. I thought about um, having energy and dying slowly or something, but right. I, but I thought it was um, yeah. If you get an arrow hit by an arrow, you are usually dead. Right. <laughs> so I thought I stay at that, and I, I, I like it a lot. You can get power ups that uh, make you endure more than one arrow, so it's not fixed to to eternity, but it is. Uh, Okay, I think I think it's it's pretty fast gameplay. Therefore, it's not very matches are fast. So if you if you encounter another archer and you want to kill each other, it's pretty much a thing of few seconds, and then dashing around and jumping around, and someone wins. So it's very very tactical also because uh, yes, you have to perfectly dodge the arrows if you want to win. Right, and it has that classic arcade vibe. I mean, you don't usually get a whole yes. bunch of health in an arcade game. Um, yes. So I guess that kind of leads me into wondering where people can play this game. Where can you download the game, and what are your plans for the future of the game? Yes, right now you can just download it on Steam. So it's uh, there for Mac, for PC, and for um, for Linux. But um, I plan, if something goes right and I have the, the, the right backup in the near future. I'm right now investing in marketing and things like that to get the name out, to get the game somehow noticed. Um, but I plan to release it on uh, PS4 and maybe even Xbox. Xbox. So, uh, uh, But I don't know yet. So if if everything runs well, well and um, Microsoft and Sony accepts me, of course, you need to get a special agreement for the console use or something. I don't know. So if it works well, they will be. It will be released on PS4 and Xbox pretty soon, hopefully. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's always the move to go to the major consoles, and I mean, I think yeah. even this game would look really good on the Switch. Um, just yes. because of the way that it plays, and if you had that online ability, then it it really would feel like a, a great Switch game. Um, yeah, it would be great, of course. Yeah, <laughs> big dream to get on the consoles I loved in my youth. So yes, if right. What you've been playing your whole life. Yes. So I guess looking back at your history in gaming, um, you talked a lot about spending time in London playing arcade games. Um, yes. What? It's always such a hard question to answer for anybody that's spent a lot of time in the arcades. But if you can narrow it down to like your top five games in the arcade, what were your five favorite games as a child? I know it's a tough one. I wasn't that often in, in, in London, so there were only a few arcade consoles there uh, that were of interest. So it was basically Darkstalkers that 
grabbed my attention back then, which was pretty new. I, I think it was Dark Stalkers 2 already. Then there was uh, some Street Fighter. I don't know which one. I think one of the uh, later ones. Not Street Fighter 2, but also a, a newer one. And yes, that's pretty much what I played most. Then there were crazy, crazy um, virtual reality games already going on. So this was interesting, but it was not working very well, uh, like Oculus or something right now. But yes, there were many interesting things, but it was rather in the 90s. So so it's I want, in Germany, you don't have arcades especially not for youth or for, for young people. So you have to be 18 years old to go into the arcade. And there are not as many uh, consoles or uh, computer games there. It's rather like a casino or something. So, um, yes, I was in London, but I was not that often and that long in these arcades because it was just a vacation. So, yes, but I was pretty much in the street fighter and at home also into these kind of games on the Super Nintendo or something. So, yes. <laughs> okay, so since you didn't spend as much time in the arcade as I may have thought yes. you did, what what would you put as, like, your top three games as a kid? Like, if you're talking, like, uh, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, all that stuff. <laughs> top three games? Of the, this is pretty many games of the top three, I would say. But to, to sum it down to a real top three, I think it was Wipeout on the PlayStation, which is pretty early already. PlayStation 1 was Wipeout. It was pretty pretty intense. And also the, the, the sequels to it were, were one of my favorite games, or series at least. Then there was Zelda exactly on the, on the Super Nintendo, which was one of my favorites, I think. And uh, yes, as I told it already, Street Fighter and the whole Capcom, Marvel, Marvel's Brothers, Capcom, Dark Soccer's, um, um games and series I liked a lot. And I don't like the, the 3D versions of them as much because I don't think the gameplay uh, profited from the move from 2D to 3D. I like... Um, it's the same with, uh, for example, cinema. Yeah, there there are two D movies, animes from from Japan and so on, that have a legit um, reason to be two D, and they convey a lot of more emotions and a lot of more feeling and lots of lots of atmosphere that a three D or a real uh, movie could not really uh, establish. So so I like to have um, animated content or animated movie-type games on uh, the consoles and so on. So, yes, I think it's a legit reason for 2D. Yeah, so if, if, if I'm hearing you right, it's kind of like when you go more realistic and you go to that 3D, you kind of lose the fantasy that you get in that 2D animation. Yes, there's something that... Or even the gameplay is lost to a degree. If you want to get, concentrate on very simple gameplay, then then you have to stay 2D. I think at you can of course do basic 3D to or 2D in 3Ds. Like uh, the, the 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 game is 3D, but but the gameplay is basically happening in 2D. But right. if you go to 3D, then there's gameplay loss for some cool gameplay uh, ideas 
is not really profiting from going to 3D. That's what Got I want it. to achieve. I want to have a reason for 2D in the end. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it came across in the way that the game looks, um, the the story mm -hmm. that you're trying to tell with it. And I guess my yeah. last question before you, before we wrap everything up, is if okay. you could give advice to any other indie developers to kind of help them get moving and smooth over yes. that that beginning period of getting started. Getting started is always the hardest part. What advice would you give new indie developers to get started making a game? Hmm, <laughs> hard question. I, I would say think of what um, inspired you most in your youth, what you really wanted to do as a game, what you really want to play yourself. So you got a motivation to, to, to actually finish and to, to process because you want to play it yourself. <laughs> That's pretty much the best um, advice I can give. And, and if you got problems getting started, then use assets. Just these people are poor people or at least not, not the richest people. And they, they, it's great if they profit from uh, developers like us developing their dream games. And uh, I think it's 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 not cool to use it all assets, but but start with assets, and then then it will it will be much faster to get started and to get a lead, some kind of base you can work from, which is quite yeah working out. Gotcha. So I guess to wrap everything up, Sebastian, just let people know where they can buy the game, where they can find the game. And if you have any social medias running, where they can check it out and follow you. Yes. Uh, so I, I have a game uh, page set up at Facebook. You just search for Manic Archers, basically. That's Manic Archers, not Maniac Archers, as many people think. It's Manic Archers. And then you type in Steam or Facebook and you will find the game there. There's not much to... Uh, differentiate to other games so there's nothing named similar or something it's just manic archers and then facebook or steam awesome well i'm going to throw those links down in the description so that everybody can find them uh, i want to say thank you sebastian for coming on and talking about manic archers this week um, and anybody that's still watching don't forget to subscribe like and share we appreciate you checking the episodes out and until next time peace Yes. Thanks, Joe.